This is the Analyzing Anfield podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the best tactical and statistical analysis of Liverpool FC. Hello everybody and welcome to this week's episode of Analyzing Anfield, your tactics and analytics podcast, courtesy of the Blood Red channel. I'm joined as always by David Hughes. How are you doing, mate? I'm okay, thanks Josh. How are you? I'm alright, how's the week? <laughs> Long. Long. <laughs> it's like a bouffant at the back now. I've, uh, I'm trying okay, to get bro. someone to. Yeah, I'm trying to get someone to cut it for me. Uh, that was just a scissor job at home, of course. Um, but it feels like nobody wants to step up and do it. Um, I, I still want to keep the length, but it just needs to be thinned out a little bit. It's just growing like out at the moment. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's an ongoing saga. Put it that way. <laughs> Definitely, is an ongoing saga. It's the yep. theme of the coronavirus thing. I feel like yours has come um, back quite quite quick, to be fair. Yeah, I'm happy with the length at the moment, like. But uh, I think it's very quickly going to go down, especially because I've got a double crown, mate, so especially when it starts going all over the place and that. <laughs> anyway, back to the football. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you got that this out of the way for another week. Yeah, this week we are going to address and talk about players who have left Liverpool or maybe on loan and... You know, was it the right move? Why hasn't it worked for them? Why has it worked for them since they've gone? Um, what defenses they've got inside? Are they suited to clop? Good or bad business? You know, all that sort of thing. Because um, I think, you know, there's a variety of players, specifically two off the top of my head, that I think have received a lot of publicity since they've left. A lot of talk, everyone's got an opinion on it. So we're going to go down that route, really. Um, so first things first, I think we have to go straight into the obvious, the obvious lever, and that is Phil Coutinho. Uh, first of all, Dave, general thoughts on on Coutinho as a player? I think. Um, yeah, fantastic player. Um, almost felt like Liverpool's real elite player when they weren't quite an elite side. Um, Certainly in Klopp's early days and at the end of Rodgers, they were a good side, but not quite elite. But he, he always felt like a real top, top talent. Um, technically, he's fantastic. Um, so comfortable on the ball. Uh, insane passing range. Great dribbler. Uh, he, he was just a fantastic player. He often looked so effortless as well. Um, he was just a, a, such a good player for Liverpool. And those kind of last two years before he eventually left to go to Barcelona, I, I thought at times he was he was unplayable. Really good player. Yeah, I mean personally, I I, I was really fond of Coutinho. Um, still am, and I'm I'm still a little bit sad for him. The fact that like it hasn't really panned out for him as expected, and he's kind of I think he's too good to be drifting between clubs like he is right now. Mm. Um, there'll be some Reds that are listening, I'm sure who are. Uh, you know, not really fussed, considering he, to a degree, forced himself out the club, I suppose. Uh, I understand that. I understand all different perspectives on it. But for me, he was a player who just over the years, just constant little flashes of magic. Um, he do things on the ball that, you know, from an entertainment perspective, watching football, to the types of things he was doing, that make you fall in love with the game, I thought. Um mm. Just little bits of genius here and there. Uh, I think he took a while to establish a degree of consistency, uh, which I think he achieved maybe just before Klopp came in, uh, at the back end of Rodgers' time. Um, 
Yeah. So that would be around 2015. But which year was still on the album? 22, 23 then. Um, and I think there's oh. a, I think there's a bit of like un, un, an unreasonable expectation on top players and top talents who are playing for clubs that aren't really at the top yet. There's too much emphasis, I think, on them early on to, to be consistent. I, I see that with Rashford though, at Old Trafford as well now. I think Rashford's like 23 or something. Mm. But people don't think he's going to make it because he's not consistent enough. He's still a kid. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, it's it, it almost feels like the um, the outliers, like the the pure exceptional one-of-a-kind talents, you know, like your Mbappes and... Um, I mean, Alfonso Davis now is probably a good example. It's like, to some, they then become the bar of success. And in reality, they're not, are they? They're just, they're complete outliers, elite. But you still be a great player, kind of progressing and developing at a good rate without necessarily being at that level at, like, 20. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, I, what I will say, Josh, is when you said that there about him being, you know, 22, 23... I was actually surprised at that. You kind of forget how young he was in that period because um, that st- still is pretty young. A lot of top players haven't really, you know, uh, brackets made it at that age. Um, and he was obviously a, a top player quite early on when you reflect on it. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's still still technically quite young, uh, only 27, so he's still... You know, I, don't, I wouldn't say he's at the back end, back end of his peak just yet. He's mm. kind of in the middle of it, I suppose. But um, have you got any thoughts on on basically why his move to Barcelona just hasn't really worked? Like why he hasn't progressed? Um, why, if you was to ask him, he'd probably take it all back? You know, I think it's reasonable to expect him to take, mm. snap, snap your hand off if you're off them and move back to Liverpool. So... Have you got any thoughts on why it hasn't worked? Because I've, I've got quite a few on this. Yeah. Um, I think, look, I think a lot of it, which is something I've said before, comes down to the fact that he's he's the type of player where you build a team around. Um, and I'll, I'll touch on that a little bit in, in a second. But um, he kind of, he's given a lot of, a lot of freedom. He's the main focal point normally in possession. Um all these things he had at Liverpool a lot, even even with Klopp and even when some of the, the players that um in the side now were there, it was still a similar situation where he was still kind of the focal point of the attack. You go to Barcelona and that just isn't the case because they've obviously already got a superstar in the form of in the form of Messi. Um he is that person. And I just think it's a little bit more difficult sometimes to be the support and cast rather than the main star. And I think he has just struggled potentially to adjust. Plus, Barcelona is a ruthless place to try and be successful. You basically need to hit, need to hit the ground running, otherwise you're going to fall behind. Um, you know, we've seen examples of that at places like Barcelona, you know, Real Madrid as well. Those kind of clubs, and I just don't think it happens straight away. And when it doesn't happen straight away, the pressure starts be starts building. Um, when you, then then you're, you're struggling even more to try and adjust to this kind of change in role. And I just think that all accumulated in, in him obviously not being the success that, that that they hoped for. Yeah, I mean, for me, that's a lot of what you've just said there ties in with, with my thoughts as well. Um, I think at Liverpool and for Brazil as well, 
he was he, he he's just a he's a ball dominant player. Um one of those who he, he, he has a big slice of the attack and pie, if you like. Um lots of touches, lots of passes and lots of shots basically. Um most attackers um maybe tick one of those boxes, two of them maybe. Um but not all three. You get you don't get many ticking all three. Mo Salah, for example, lots of shots, but maybe about thirty passes a match, something like that. Um, which isn't a great deal. Mm-hmm. I think averages over fifty passes a game. Um so as I said, just a big slice of the pie at Liverpool. And a role that was just kind of tailored for him to just do his thing, basically for him to just sell himself. Um but that player in Barcelona is Messi. Um, Messi sees a lot of the ball, lots of touches, lots of shots. Everything goes through him. Whether that, whether you believe that should, that's how a team should be run or not is another question. Mm. But it's it, and considering Valverde was in charge at the time, quite a functional coach. Um, I think he's he's very well functional. I think functional is the word for it. Yeah, that's a great, great word, I think. Yeah, if you've got a functional system, you can make, you can allow one player to kind of um, no responsibility, if you like, and to just kind of almost do what he wants with a bit of a free role. If you let another player do that, things start getting a little bit messy. Um, no pun intended there. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, is he going to acknowledge that one or what? <laughs> uh, so yeah, he, he went to Barcelona and just kind of fulfilled a functional role, like like a dead cow's type role at Liverpool. Or a, um, I'm just trying to think of those those players who've just came in as like a cog rather than a star man. Um, so I'm, I'm not overly sure why why Barcelona bought him. To be honest, yeah, it's a good point. They, they, what, what what the reasons he sh- he shined as a top player? He was he was permitted from. Doing that on the pitch once you got to to Spain. Just uh, before we continue on, maybe talking about Liverpool since and stuff. Just on Barcelona in general, do you do you think as a a kind of and I'm talking about the top end recruitment they do. I'm not talking about at youth levels because I I don't know enough of that. But do you think they're a little bit not lazy, but I don't know. Do you think sometimes they pursue big names rather than necessarily the right players? Yeah, I think Jordan Guardiola's dominance over there he became a club that needed to just consistently keep winning right now and he moved into the Real Madrid brackets of just buying players who were just absolutely ready to compete at the elite end of the game mm. um, and I don't know you can overlook some gems doing that you can overlook your academy prospects doing that and they're still winning largely because I think they've got they've still got Messi playing. Mm. But I think when Messi moves on, I'm almost expecting a, a little bit of a Man United decline without Ferguson. Not to that extent. Mm. But I don't think it'll be guaranteed that they'll pick up a trophy every single year. Mm. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I do I think uh, I think you've got when you've got an elite like once in the generation talent like Messi and you've almost built a team around him for however long it's been, maybe 10, 12 years. He's he's basically delivered all kinds of success. 
carry players to a, a level above around them, and then suddenly that that person goes. I think it is going to be like a huge vacuum, and suddenly players in the dressing room will be looking around, thinking, you know, who, what do we do now? Who's our leader? And it's just, it's yeah, it's going to be a very strange kind of um, couple of years for them, and you, they haven't really got that. Um, it sounds stupid because you you know what Barcelona are about in terms of identity, but I don't know if they've got that like the um, train tracks in place to kind of carry on follow. I think it's just going to be a bit of a messy period um, post post Messi. <laughs> yeah, again, no pun intended. Yeah, um, <laughs> I didn't even do that on purpose. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, nightmare. Uh, but I, th- I think I think he, it would have been a decent move. If Barcelona literally wanted a like for like replacement for Messi for when Messi was leaving, mm. um, if they still wanted that ball dominant player who was gonna who was gonna run the attack, and Messi was retiring or whatever, and they sent Coutinho in that summer, I think they would have been able to continue, you know, at a fairly strong level without the the dynamics of the team breaking up too too much. Mm. But the fact that they signed them and expected them to play alongside them, it it just caused problems. I think. Um, I think already Coutinho was quite an odd tactical fit anyway. Mm. Um, he's one of them who's not quite a midfielder, but he's not quite a forward either. Mm. Um, he kind of drifts into that half space, doesn't he, and just kind of like does his thing almost. Um, mm. And I think I, I think another reason why he was just almost doomed to fail was the the, the fee that they ended up paying for him. If you if you're gonna pay. Hundred and forty million or whatever it was for a player, and when he comes to your club, you're going to give him a functional role. No, no player executing a functional role is going to be able to live up to more than a hundred million. You need some sort of free, creative, tailored role to live up to that price tag. And and yeah, 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 I agree. Just something where they can just kind of. explode and do what they want to do and make things happen and when you're kind of just there to facilitate I mean, someone else. I mean if if you're paying over hundred million for a for a player, what 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 are your minimum your minimum expectations of what he's gonna do on the pitch for you? Yeah, well I think if you're looking at attacker you want to play who's you know, without sounding really boring, you want to play who's just gonna score a lot of goals, assist a lot of goals, make things happen, you know, produce things that we like to call moments, you know, just spectacular moments and often they can be um, you know a, a shot from distance into the top corner uh, just those kind of things but if you're looking to facilitate another big player mm-hmm. around yeah, the chances are you're you know cutting in and, no, and you may be more inclined to shoot um, but if you're trying if you're playing this role where you're facilitating someone else then you may lay it off five yards to them and just these little minute details that you know it stops you producing these kind of moments of magic that you that you'd want for that for that fee. Yeah, I mean, I think Liverpool absolutely rinsed Barcelona to be honest for mm. that price tag. I rated Coutinho really highly. Still do think he's a really good player, but as I said, he's an odd tactical fit. And if you're paying that much, you have to he has to be ideal for your squad, and he and he wasn't. I think Liverpool. Mm. I've nailed the definition of, of of basically what a transformational player is. I think you're you're expecting a transformational player if you're paying in and around 100 million, mm. and to pay in and around 100 million, and just deploy him as though he's just another workhorse, if you like. Um, I just I just found baffling 
they're still competing at the top of the game, of course, because they've got Lionel Messi. But um, if they keep making strange decisions in the transfer market like that, like I think they're still they're still chasing Neymar at, at like a hundred million, and I think mm. Neymar's now pushing twenty nine, I think, or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's, this is what this is why I asked you about the recruitment point because it's just very, it just seems sometimes a little bit lazy and not well thought out. It doesn't feel like there's a a conversation where they're thinking, you know, is this the right move for the club on the pitch? Um, yeah, I thought the Man United comparison was interesting to be honest. Yeah, I mean, he's since moved to the Bundesliga on loan to Bayern Munich. It's unlikely that Bayern Munich are going to keep him. Hmm. Um, He's played on the left a little bit, little bit as a ten, a little bit. Eight goals in the league, eight goals in the Bundesliga, and six assists in about one thousand three hundred minutes. He's average, he's actually averaging a scoring contribution, so a goal or an assist every ninety eight minutes, mm. which you know <laughs> it's not bad. No. Um, where, where do you actually see him ending up? I do think he might come back to the Premier League, you know. Um, but I think I don't know. I just I can't find the potential suitor who it might be. I can't see I I can't see it being like a Liverpool again, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, depending on which side of the fence you're on. Um, I feel like he'll have to take a step down from the truly league title competing sides to maybe a Champions League team, so he can then be that player that can can have the squad almost built around him again, and he can be the the, the main focal point. Um, I think that's hard to do when you're going to a side full of elite players in every position. But I think if he maybe goes to a top three or four side somewhere, then he can go and be a kind of top player again and the the key cog, I guess. Yeah, I mean, part of me would like to see him under Setien. I think mm-hmm. it's because of the it's different to Valverde now, so we should be able to to, do, to you know perform in in the Coutinho way a bit more. Well, I just can't see Barcelona, you know, letting this value decrease like that. And I think if he does start playing again, I think Barcelona have to pay Liverpool a bit more money, something like that, because it's another season or something. Appearances. Um, yeah, something like that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree. I think I can't see him going to United. I can't see him going to City or Liverpool. Mm, maybe Chelsea, but they've just bought Zier, who's very, very similar. Yeah. Um, Spares possibly, but I can't see them affording them. No, um, I, I saw I saw them getting linked with uh, with Newcastle two weeks ago. In yeah, I've actually seen them. I've actually seen linked with uh, Leicester. No, you know, uh, yeah. you know, up with Rodgers again. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I feel like he's still a level. I, I know uh, Leicester obviously going to be champions. Put, yeah, team, put it this but... way. I've got a little thing for you, you know. So it, it, if Leicester. Selling Madison for, a, for over 60 million mm. and sign Coutinho for about the same amount. Mm. What are you saying? I, I think that's a good deal for Leicester. Definitely. Yeah, I would say it was as well, yeah. yeah I, I see him going there, though, can you? No, that's it. I just think he's a little bit, and this is no disrespect to Leicester, as I said, he's been a good side this year, but he's just a little bit too high in stock for me, I think, to be going to Leicester. Yeah, um, same. More of, a, more of an established year-in, year-out Champions League team, I think. I just can't yeah. think of who that club is at the moment. No, no, same. That's that's why I think if Barcelona are desperate to let him go and they don't even want to give him a chance on the set again, mm. he might really have to let him go for really cheap, as in like below half what, he, what they signed him for. 
What like about uh, what about Arsenal? <laughs> Given that our producers just flagged that those <laughs> links. Well, they're a strange club in terms of um, saying that they've got no money and then pay eighty million for Nicholas Pepe. Mm-hmm. So if they can afford them, it'll be an interesting one. I, I think Arsenal could spend the money a bit more wisely, a bit more efficiently. But as I said, it depends how much he's available for. If he's available for below fifty million, maybe it's a conversation. I don't know. Um, it's worth looking into because I think he is a difference maker on his day. He can he can win your games and stuff like that. Ridiculous player. Twenty seven's a dodgy age, isn't it? Yeah, you get you're getting close. You don't know what the next two years will pull up. You could still be you know at the top of your game, or you could just quickly drift off. It's it is a, it is a tough age, especially when you're talking big sums. Um, just on that producing winning moments I think what I like about him or what you have to like about him is he produces them but then he also performs in between them and I think that's always a difference with some players whereas the got players who can produce moments of magic but they don't really do that much in between whereas he kind of does the bits in between and then still goes on to produce these big moments yeah I mean he's one of the most technical players I've ever seen Mm. In terms of his, his first touch and his close control and stuff like that. So if he, if he was to go to any team that was, you know, possession based without having a Messi next to you who's going to dominate the ball, like, you know, I can see him doing quite well. But I think mm. he's done all right at Bayern. I think he's just suffered from the odd little injury. But I think we'll leave leave Coutinho there anyway. And move on to arguably an even more controversial figure in Emily Chan. Mm. Um. Again, before we get into it, thoughts? Um, I think he's a he's a good, solid player that deserves to be... Um, well, I don't say deserves, that's the wrong term. I think he's a good, solid player that doesn't look out of place at top, top sides across Europe. Um, I just think he is a player that needs... He's a buff isn't he? Yeah, there is, yeah. I just think he, I think he needs to be in a, in a side where the f- formation suits him. Um, so I don't necessarily think he's the best. Put this way, I couldn't see him play in the Fabinho role um, for Liverpool just as a lone number six. I feel like if he's sitting deep, he has to be in a double pivot. Um, and I, I just think he's got little little flaws like that in his game that stop him being like a, an, an elite player for me. Yeah, I mean for me, he's he is and always has been a good player, but I wouldn't go any more than that. And I wouldn't go any worse than that either. Um, he's obviously very physical. I think he's about six foot as well. Mm. Uh, really clean technically. That was one thing I picked up on very early with him. He's, he's just a nice, tidy player to watch on the ball on that. Um, really versatile as well. Can play centre-back to the extent that I think in some systems, I think he'd actually thrive as a centre-back. Because um, mm. there's been times where I've questioned whether he's a midfielder or not. But then he'll score an overhead kick against Watford and I'll question whether I'm even talking sense. <laughs> um, he's he's quite good mentally as well from what I, what I can pick up on him. He's mm. quite driven and things like that. Good at carrying the ball, but... Did, I don't know. There was just something about him. He, he, he always felt that he fell short of his ceiling. Um, he was inclined to take too many touches, for my liking. Um, slow as second moves down. Do you think he lacks a little bit of uh, a little bit of mobility at times? Is it, 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 I, I don't know. For me, it just feels a little bit. Um, I don't want to say slow and lead because he's not slow. He's, I'm not saying he is slow, but 
he just seemed, I don't know, because he's, he's big and it's a little bit tougher to get around the pitch at the same speed as someone who's a little bit nippier. Um, yeah, this is like acceleration then, do you mean? Or? Yeah, acceleration, yeah, I'd say acceleration. He's just, uh, there's just something there to watch him and I think he's a little bit easier to play around than maybe some other players in, in Yeah, I position. know what you mean. I don't think he's as, um, I don't think he's as mobile as an ox, for example, mm, ox yeah, Chamberlain. Yeah. And I think, I feel as though if you was playing against Henderson, you'd get harried a bit more. Um, yeah, yeah, and Henderson yeah. would be in your face a bit more. I, I do think that Chan was quite a good presser back at Liverpool. Um, but I think if you if you just look at the pressing numbers, you maybe overlook certain other aspects of his game. One thing I didn't like with Chan, I, I always felt, and I've asked myself plenty of times since, are you being biased here? Are you just being a Liverpool fan here? But I'm I'm pretty sure I'm not. I've always thought he just he viewed Liverpool as a stepping stone, and I never I never really liked that. Even when clock came, and Chan's last game at Liverpool was actually a Champions League final. Mm. He's, he's, I still always felt that he he viewed himself above the club and better than the club in terms of his ability. Um, yeah. And maybe that stems from when he moved to Liverpool, we weren't really competing at the top end. We had Rodgers in charge. We just bought Markovic and Sol Suarez, I think. Um, but I think he, I always got the perception that he 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 thought that his ability was deserving of a higher level. And I never saw it. I never, he, as I said, he was just a good player. Mm. But no, no chance was he for me. You know, a player who would start in in a team that's consistently competing at the top end of Europe. I think he in one of those squads, for me, he'll always be what he's being for Juventus, as in a player who just comes in and out, mm. does a job, plays some minutes in domestic cups and is a good, solid player, but he's not a... It's, it's, it's a weird one. <laughs> no, I get saying? it, yeah. Yeah, no, I do get it. Um, I think... But, what I would say is if you look at Liverpool at that stage now, we're going back two years, and even when they got to the Champions League final, it 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 still felt as if like, is this now going to launch something or is it going to be sustainable? You weren't too sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wonder if maybe that played on his mind. And obviously you were seeing at that point Liverpool's a top four side, whereas now you see them as like the best best in England. Um obviously just one Champions I, I, League. I find it mad that he couldn't see that happening though, because I, 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 at the time I could see that I could see it going that way. We just looked like a really healthy club with our heads screwed on, and I, just, I, I couldn't get my head around why he was so intent on leaving. Yeah, because I think he could have stayed. To be honest, I think if he wanted to stay, because there, well, there was contracts, wasn't there? Negotiations. Yeah, well, I've got I've got written down here that he, he could still fairly comfortably play in this Liverpool team. Um, I'm not sure whether he'd play as a six or whether he'd play as, as an eight. Um, if he stayed, I, I, I have thoughts on, I actually think if, if Chan had stayed, I don't think we'd have signed Fabinho. Mm. I think we signed Fabinho as the six who could also play as a centre-back, also play as a right-back, big, you know, tall, that sort of thing. Um, and I don't think... I, I doubt we'll have needed them if if Chan stayed. 
Um, I, I just don't. I just don't love the idea of Chan being a sole number six. You know, I just maybe it goes back to that kind of uh, mobility point I was talking about. He just doesn't. He just doesn't seem as robust in there. I know he is big and strong, and I'm struggling to articulate what the point I'm trying to make. But I just, I think as I said, he's always better with a partner in that role. You know, like if you look at Dorton, now he's doing it with Ritzel, isn't he? I think they work fairly well together. I know we haven't seen that much of it since the restart, but before that, um, I think that works quite well. I just think he always looks, I think even at Juventus, he was normally playing with someone alongside him. Um, but it, just going on to your point there, I think he could have fitted quite well. Bear in mind, we know this midfield works at Liverpool. I think he could have been a decent eight. Yeah, he, he did play as an eight in his final season, I think. And mm. I think that was... Might be wrong here, but I think that was one of the reasons why he became a little bit, a little bit unhappy because I think he wanted the six mm, at okay. the time. Clock gave Henderson the six, um, but you know, I mean, it, it, he's a strange one. I've always thought. I mean, he left age twenty-four for free, which you know is the type of deal that Liverpool absolutely want to avoid. Mm. It's something that I'm surprised we even let happen, to be honest. Um, but in the, the positive is that we only paid ten million for him anyway. Mm. So you know, you, I suppose you've got your you've got your money's worth to an extent, although you haven't got a um a fee for the, yeah, a fee for the, for improving him, I suppose. But yeah, it, it he, he seems to have a, a, a quite a high ceiling. I, I thought at Liverpool, and I was I was a little bit worried when he left that it, what what he was going to go on and become a little bit. Mm. But ve- very quickly, I just. I was like, he, this is his level. This is where he's going to be. He's not going to get better than this. Mm. Um, and I've always kind of looked at him as maybe I'm a little bit harsh here, but a bit of a passerby. As in, he came to the club, did a job, left, hasn't left a mark. Um, we haven't missed him since. It's just a, you know what I mean? Another another player yeah. in the transfer, I suppose. I don't know. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a top level player, but he's, he's just not elite. That's it. So that where he's gone to. So if you look at his path now, after Liverpool, he's went Juventus. Now he's gone to. Is it, it's only on loan at Dortmund, isn't it? No, I think he's signed. Oh, he's signed. Okay, so he's gone to yeah, Dortmund. You could see him being out of Dortmund, and then you could maybe see him going to somewhere like uh, I don't know. Really bad example here, but say like a Seville or something. You know, just someone that's kind of always up yeah. there, but maybe not necessarily think- always competing. I think out of Dortmund though, and out of Sevilla or or a team like that, he will he will be quite, you know, one of the one of the pillars of those teams. Mm. But I think if you climb to a Champions League club or a team that's competing to win the Champions League, maybe he falls into the on off the substitutes bench kind of player. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I, as I said, I, I find it mad that he couldn't view. He, he couldn't predict where Liverpool were going. And I find it mad that he 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 wasn't aware of what Juventus were clearly doing um, by signing them. Juventus, in my opinion, got the perfect deal out of him because they got him for three, used him for, I think, maybe two seasons on and off the bench mm. and then got £25 million for the services. Easy. Good business. Yeah. And I, I find it mad that he, that he couldn't see that come. Or maybe he could, I don't know. Yeah, what was his wages like over there? Yeah, I'm not sure. Not sure. 
Because I don't know if he's a player that's motivated by success or motivated by money. I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I just I don't know enough about his character. Um, but you wonder if Juventus have often big books, probably a massive signing on fee as well. If he's gone for free, that that's what that might have been the more appealing thing. Yeah. No, I'm not sure. He's just uh, always been a, a difficult player to define. I think one of the reasons he causes such conflict in Liverpool's fan base is you've got the people that um, underrate him. And because the people that underrate him talk him down, you've got the others who talk him up. So mm. it, it usually find in those situations that it's usually in, in the middle. That's, that's kind of the way the player is. Yeah. Um, but he's either over-exaggerated or underrated. Mm. Um, but for me, he is fairly just in the middle. He's just a good player. Um, if he stayed at Liverpool, fine. I think he'd be doing OK. I think he'd probably be a better player than he is now if he did. Yeah. He'd have a Champions League. He'd have a Premier League medal in about a month's time. Um, but, you know, we move on. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the biggest uh, positive you can say from Liverpool point of view, he, he hasn't really been missed. Yeah, he would have played a role, but, um, you know, they've kind of got on quite quite easily with Alisson. Yeah, and I think crucially as well, he's been well replaced. I think in, yeah. in, in the summer that he left, I think we signed um, Naby Keita and Fabinho. Um, obviously you can't really argue with that Henderson's improved Wijnaldum's improved so yeah no looking back really no regrets on that one apart from the fact that he left for free yeah yeah that's the only stick but you know sadly it was the play that kind of did that to Liverpool which may be why there's some um, ill feeling left left towards it all Analyzing Anfield on the Blood Red Channel so we've got, we've got quite a few names left, so we'll have to reel through these a bit quicker now that we've got through the big two. Yeah. Uh, but Luis Alberto, mm. um, one of the most creative midfielders in Europe in the mm. modern in the modern day. I've, I've got written down here because I think it's, his numbers are quite... Well, they are really strong, aren't they? Believe, believe yeah. yeah. Even, even in terms of his assists, he registers a fair few assists. Yeah, I didn't expect it to be honest, and I never really thought that much of. Didn't really pay much attention to him, actually, even being honest at Liverpool. Uh, did he go to Roma? Roma before Lazio? Uh, I don't think so. I'll I check that now. That. He might have went somewhere. In fact, he went to Malaga. Oh, okay. Sorry, Malaga. It was yeah. Um, but yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's turned out to be a really, <laughs> a really good player. Um. Obviously, just in the midst of his prime now, 27. But yeah, you know, he's got fantastic vision, uh, kind of operating like the the half space, doesn't he? Um, seems to do really well in terms of finding little pockets of space in between the lines. And you've already touched on it there loads of assists, a ton of key passes, really creative. Um, I think he's quite good as well off the ball. He seems to seems to press quite well and. Um, you know, kind of win a lot of balls high up the pitch, and he's just a yeah, he's just a really good creative player. Whether he, he would be that standout at, at Liverpool, I don't know because you know we were talking about a Coutinho type earlier, weren't we? I don't know, maybe he is a a lesser version of a Coutinho where you know he's the kind of main focus in possession. But I'm surprised that was crazy. Turned out actually, he's gone out to be a really good player. Yeah, yes, yes. Um, one thing I've put down here that I've I was really surprised by because because at the time when we signed him, I wasn't you know in this line of work and I didn't have this perception on the game. Um, mm. I didn't really look at what we bought, but 
if in the upcoming summer, considering the coronavirus and that, and people wanting to save money, Liverpool won't be signed. Alberto wanted to save a bit of money as well. So if in the summer we signed a 19-year-old from Barcelona who had just registered 11 goals and 16 assists in the second division, mm. that's a fair return that for a teenager. And we got mm. him for... Um, I'll double-check now. I haven't got it written down. I think it was about £6 million. Oh, Might have even been less than that. Mm. So I just think... Go on. I just think, considering both numbers at Barcelona, he arrives as a teenager. Mm. I just think you know that that's quite a shrewd move that, that I was I wasn't really aware of at the time. Obviously, it didn't work out. Maybe it was just too much of a too much of a climate shift for him to adjust at that age. Um, but yeah, I was I was quite surprised that we we got what what seemed to be such a talent. So I'm just trying to work out his career path. So he kind of he was at Sevilla and then went to what was it? It's confusing this transfer market sometimes. And then he goes to um, Barcelona B and is that on loan and then goes back to them and then you buy um Liverpool buy him from from Sevilla. Is that right? You know what? I'm not entirely sure on that. Yeah, it's million we got him for, and he yeah. was he was at Sevilla when we. Signed them, yeah. Um, but the, I, mean, I think I'm pretty sure that the season before we got him, he spent that at Barcelona B in the second division. Yeah, that's what looks to be the case. Uh, I mean, irrespective of that, it's a, it's a good point you made. Like that's that's an exciting player, and I can't really remember why it, it didn't work work out for him. Why he wasn't getting too many chances at the club? It, was it just because it was that insane period where Liverpool were kind of. They had Suarez, Sturridge, and they were fit, and Sterling was in and around as well. Um, Coutinho yeah. was already in the team, just wasn't a place for them. Yeah, well, at the time, obviously, he was around 20 years old. He is he is quite slow as a player. Mm. He's not the most physical. Um, and Liverpool at that time were, you know, built on speed, really, and, and intensity. And, you know, with Sterling, Sturridge, Suarez, Coutinho arrived in the January window. So I just think he didn't get much of a chance, to be honest. It's funny, um, yeah. I think he'd be better suited probably. I mean, one thing I have said um, is that I think he does, I think the PL's, PL talking, <laughs> talking like you're <laughs> there over there. I think the, um, I think the Premier League <laughs> is too, um, I think the Premier League's too physical for him. Um, yeah. I think, that, you know, City is quite, quite slow and a little bit more time and things. I think, I think that's why he's so successful there. I'm not sure whether he could do that what he's doing now at Liverpool but I think the way Liverpool kind of dominate the ball now compared to when he was there originally I think he'd actually be better suited for this Liverpool team than maybe the team that he joins yeah but I think some players can have that problem in terms of like you know you've got De Bruyne you've got Salah these players had a bit of a chance only a little one at that but you know a bit of a chance in England didn't mm. shine enough went and kind of matured in a foreign league Um Salah himself was in Italy mm. and then they came back to obviously you know prove themselves sort of thing but mm. no one actually made tracks eventually to, to bring Alberto back but it would have been nice to see how he performed um, we, we actually sold him for, for only 5 million so we actually took a hit on him um, but the caveat being we negotiated a 30% selling clause so if he did do something along the lines of Salah or De Bruyne 
Liverpool would have got a fair amount for him there. Um, yeah. But I think I'm he's a... only recently moved to Sevilla. I think I think he's back at Sevilla now, isn't he? No. Um, it's, I've still gone down as Lazio at the moment. Um, Hang on, I'm getting mixed up with Suzo. Yeah, yeah, we'll come on to him in a bit. But what, yeah, one thing I will say, Josh, just just on that point, it looks like um, I can't work out if there was some fees in terms of the loan deals, which means Liverpool might have brought in a, a few oh, yeah. there, which is which is good. Uh, yeah, it's a good point. There, yeah. Pro- probably broke even over over this time. Which no, if if a player's not going to work out, if you can at very least get the money back, then you're happy, aren't you? Yeah, another player who suffered during a similar period. I think he arrived in the same summer. And he's also gone on to do quite serious things, really. Yeah. Uh, Iago Spass. Yeah. Surprised, yeah. looking at the numbers. Yeah, because, I, you know, I remember um, he just seemed I mean, a, a, a joke player, didn't he? But not being he, too harsh there, the whole. Yeah, well, again, this was seven years ago or so. Um, so I didn't watch the game as I watch it now. But my recollection of him is he was awful. That that's my yeah. recollection of him. But maybe I was if I watched him in the modern day, maybe um I'd have a bit more support for him because of what he was doing or something like that. But at the time, just watching football, I suppose from an entertainment perspective, he just seemed bad. He seemed yeah. slow, really, really lightweight. Mm. Um did nothing much. But that's yeah what I remember. And I mean that's that's still pretty much the case. Again, he's he's probably in the league that suits him. You know, he's he's five foot nine, so he's he's, he's not very kind of uh, domineering in the box. You no, know, he's not a big physical presence. Um, he doesn't have much pace or stamina. But I mean, he just seems to be really clinical in front of goal. I, I actually brought up some of the numbers, and I, admittedly, I don't know how many penalties in here. I do think he takes them, but his xG across the last like two and a bit seasons or two and three quarter seasons is roughly forty. And he scored fifty three goals, which I think's impressive, and he, you know highlights him as a as a sharp shooter, I guess, someone who's, who is clinical in front of goal. Um, yeah, I mean, again, this place that suits him. Yeah, I mean, again, this was around the time where I've just mentioned that Liverpool were looking for bargains, trying to save a little bit of money, mm. and again, it looks like a really well depends, I suppose. It looks like a really shrewd move in a way because he signed aged twenty five. So just entered in this peak for just seven million. And in the previous two seasons, he'd scored twenty-three goals and assisted seven in the Spanish second division. Mm. And then when he got promoted with Celta, he scored twelve and assisted seven. So you're getting that player aged twenty-five for seven million. Mm. It's just another move that looks like it quite clever on the you know, if you remove yourself from it. It's just a shame that when he did come to England, it didn't really work for him. But I don't know if 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 a team made that move now, maybe not Liverpool, because I think Liverpool are too big for that sort of thing. But if if yeah, someone yeah. like um, I don't know, a Watford or a Bournemouth or you know a, a team like that, Wolves maybe, was mm-hmm. to make that sign, and I'd look at that with a bit of intrigue. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you know, if we scratch a little bit on the surface as well, if you look at under that period, like. Because one thing I would say is, yeah, he scored goals, but maybe there was a lack of consideration about whether he'd fit the style. But I don't want to be too harsh on Rodgers here, but that kind of, you know, his his philosophy before his big kind of break with Liverpool or that big season was possession-based, wasn't it, and dominance. 
and he'd probably maybe suit that style a little bit more in terms of just being a, a poaching in and around the box. That, that could have been why he signed them. But, of course, Liverpool ended up developing into a bit of a team who exploded in transition, have loads of pace and hit it on the counter. And, again, it's probably just it didn't work out because he was, you know, the wrong player at the wrong time. Um, yeah. I mean, in that season, that 2014, 2013-14 season, he only played there 380 minutes. Mm, yeah. um, posted one assist. But he hasn't really been given much of a chance there, to be honest. Mm. Um, they obviously developed a reputation for that terrible corner. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't think he could speak the language. Uh, I think that was mm. one of the one of the problems. I don't think he he made an effort to learn the language. Yeah. Um, but I don't know for whatever reason, Rodgers just didn't really give him a go. And then once moving back to Celtic. The, these are the these are the scoring seasons, right? So once he moved back, he scored fourteen, then he scored nineteen, then he scored twenty-two, then he scored twenty, and this season he scored nine so far, and now he's he's now aged thirty-two. That's a fair return now for a, for for an attacking player, a striker. I think he's left footed as well, so he's played on the right a little bit, um, and that's that's only in La Liga. That mm. um, that's that's borderline. For three seasons there, he's a, he's a 20-goal season striker. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. And he's obviously overperformed against his XG and stuff, which which is, you know, shows that he's quite clinical. And, yeah, I think he's just a really good finisher that maybe lacks some of the other um, facets to his game that would make him a top, top striker. Um, but yeah. he's, he, he's obviously in the league where it's a, it's a more technical division, isn't it? You know, it's... It's more, not more tech. It's more about um, you can get away with just being a little bit smaller, a little bit better on the ball, and uh, you don't need that kind of physical edge as well to succeed every week. Maybe what you do in the Premier League. Yeah, was a strange one because uh, I'm not sure if you blame for that. Whether you blame Liverpool for not using them properly, because usually a player who thrives then fails at your club and then thrives again. Usually you've got to blame the club for for not. You know, giving them the foundations to succeed, but at the same time, maybe you just weren't suited to the country and the style of play. You know, yeah, it's one of them strange ones, I suppose. Uh, so we'll move on to a slightly different scenario. Uh, Mamadou Sacco, mm. one of the few players who's left Liverpool simply because he, he didn't seem to get on with Klopp, um, mm. not disciplined enough for Klopp, really. He, he clashed, I think he was late a few times. Uh, and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, knowing what Klopp is like, it's quite surprising that Klopp can have much of an issue with anyone, really. Um, yeah. I think he will He will always keep his control, keep his leadership and and be firm and things like that. And I, I find it hard to believe that there's players out there who wouldn't respect that. But for whatever reason, they haven't seemed to get on. But, yeah, well, I mean, what are your thoughts on Soho? Um... I'd say, you know what, for me, a lot of people don't really rate him. I actually think he's a well-rounded defender. I just think, like, his persona off the pitch. I think he can just be a little bit wild sometimes and, you know, the odd lapse in concentration. And we've seen with Van Dijk and Gomez how important it is to have, like, a calm and presence. Um, Because I think that radiates across the team, um, gives players in front a bit more faith behind them. Whereas when you've got a little bit of an erratic player, like him, um, another player who comes to mind in that sense is 
probably a lot for him as well. When you've got those kind of players in there, you just don't feel as, um, I guess you don't feel as safe. And I think that's the problem with him. I think is he's always going to be a Premier League quality defender. But I just, I think for that reason, I've just stated he, he couldn't really be a, a, a top Liverpool player. Yeah. I'd probably argue that he's a bare minimum top half defender. Um, maybe a bit above Palace level, to be honest. Okay. I remember his performance on Klopp's first match away to Spurs, and this was Pochettino Spurs as well, and he was incredible. He was an absolute monster, um, sweeping up Everton, getting his head on Everton, really dominant he was. Mm. Uh, I think it, 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 that was why I was quite surprised because I thought Klopp would play into that. I thought Klopp would really respect that, and he'd give him. I thought Klopp would give him like the, the just the bits that his character needed. For him to feel important, yeah. so that he could just be a real, you know, warrior in Liverpool's defence. But it just never really panned out that way. Um, he always appeared quite rigid, I thought, and clumsy on the ball. Um, and people seemed to dive on that, but he he, he wasn't really. Uh, he he never really gave the ball away that much, and he he was quite composed, even though he looked a bit stiff and, and things like that. Mm. Um, I think he was a bit of a leader of sorts in terms of being a cult hero with the fans and stuff like that. I remember he said something about, you know, something about the Liverpool country or something like that. Welcome to the Liverpool country or something. He said, I was going to put on the flag. One thing I will say, I'm quite happy with the business that we did because he left age 27 for about 26 million, which I think is a, I think that's a solid deal. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's good money um, for a player that, you know, wasn't really going to be a starter at Liverpool. Um, yeah, I just trying... Go on. Oh. I was going to say, I think he's since been okay. He's mm. been fine, hasn't he? But he hasn't really show, showcased himself as, as the best defender in the bottom half or, you know, or, or something like that. I think it's too easy for some players when they've probably, like, I can't think, where, where did he come from before Liverpool? Yes, he came from PSG. And he, did, okay. he didn't want to let him go either. He was captain of PSG, I think. I'm just so he's he's in in PSG in Liverpool. He's had like kind of his his marquee clubs, in my opinion. Where you know he'll he'll be saying to his kids and stuff, or his grandkids, you know, he used to play for PSG Liverpool. When you're at somewhere a safe club like Palace, where you're never really going to compete at the top, I think it's easy to just go through the motions a little bit as a player. And I just wonder whether he's done that. He's coasted a little bit over the past season or two. Um, yeah. Maybe I'm being really harsh. I don't. I don't know him well enough, but that's just the perception I've got on him a little bit. And yeah, he's represented decent business uh, for Liverpool. Yeah, I mean, ultimately with, with Sacco, you've just got to have ultimate faith really in Klopp. And I think if if Klopp deems someone to be a bad egg, for me, it's highly likely that he is a bad egg. Even though it's, I never really picked up on that much of Sacco being a, a troublemaker or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But you know. Klopp just knows what he's doing and if Klopp deems it to be a good decision to get him out the club, um, I can't really question that. I, yeah. No reason to doubt that whatsoever. Um, so next, Danny Ings. Mm-hmm. Still a bit of a favourite on Merseyside. Um, and he's actually really made a claim since, hasn't he? That you know he was he was Liverpool quality almost. Yeah, to an extent. I think if you look either side of his time at Liverpool, you know, so Burnley, 
I know they went down that year, but I think he scored those 11 goals. Um, and it's sad that don't create a lot, really. You look at Sam Burnley, and then since he's gone to Southampton, he's certainly over the last 18 months, he's proven to be like a, a really good goal scorer. Um, it, it just, if you look at his, his time at Burnley, it was actually a really good deal, I thought, for Liverpool, you know. Yeah, but, but, but wasn't it? Didn't they have to go to calls or something, if I remember correctly? It went to the tribunal, yeah, to, tribunal, to determine yeah. What, we, what we paid for him. Mm. But I think we ended up paying about £8 million for the English homegrown 22-year-old striker yeah, who'd, who'd scored a few in the Prem. So I think it was yeah. a really good deal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he's just a... He's, he, I think he's a good player. Obviously, he, if you compare him to like a Firmino 9, it's a little bit different because he, he obviously operates a little bit more on the penalty area, Ings. But um, yeah, he's a... You know, he, he's, a, he's a really good goal scorer and he's, I think he's quite good off the ball as well. You know, Southampton tends to press a fair bit and he leads it a lot of the time. I think he's a good player. Yeah, yeah, he is. I think he's always had talent. He's always had a, a knack in and around the box to get chances and things like that. And when he gets those chances, he puts them away. I think one, the, the obvious issue, though, throughout the whole of his tenure at Liverpool, really, was that he, he couldn't really stay fit. Yeah. Um, you know, there's reasons to suggest that he couldn't really cope with the demands of of Klopp's physical, you know, training and things like that behind the scenes. Mm. Um, to the extent that he'd pick up niggles or he'd, I mean, a lot of his injuries were were just two massive um, ACL injuries, I think he were, or something like that. I think he got he got yeah, one and then got another straight after. I'm sure. I think it was the other other leg as well. I think or uh, yeah, just incredibly unlucky to be honest. Yeah, and you, and then there's always that they're the, they're the worst injuries where you just have no clue what what state the player is going to come back. So many players just never really get back up to speed, do they? After them, but um, I think it's helped. You know, you might look at that move now. Some people might look at the move and go, um, you know, was it a little bit of a mistake? Liverpool could they have done with him maybe coming onto the pitch? But it, Ings wasn't a success as soon as he went to Southampton. I think he only scored maybe seven goals initially. Um, but it's helped just playing week in, week out, isn't it? And getting back up to that kind of sharpness. I don't think that ever would have happened at Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. And I think they've managed the time well as well. I think mm. they've, even when matches have been, you know, in in the balance and things like that, they've still took them off as mm. planned on the 60th minute or whatever. And, you know, rather than playing playing them twice in the space of a week because they need wins, mm. I think Harsen Hall's been willing to just say, no, you know, he, he needs a rest, put him on a bench. And it's yeah. it's benefited him, and he obviously left the club as well, despite his injuries and despite what we paid for him mm. for twenty million. So can't really argue with with ending about things. To be honest, and I wish him well and stuff like that. Would you, would, Josh? Would you argue that that was probably a deal that suited both parties? Because a deal I which suited both parties. Because from a Southampton point of view, they they ended up buying a prolific goal scorer for twenty mil, who's English. Yeah, but to be honest. At the time, I actually thought it was a bad deal for Southampton. Oh, yes, I, I thought it was hilarious, but yeah. got, me eye, got, me eye, got me eye wiped, though. You know, I got I got put in my place. I was completely wrong. Yeah, no, but the, the only reason I thought that was because he couldn't stay fit. That was it. Mm. I mean, I, I knew he was a decent player and he was English and all stuff like that, homegrown, still only 26 when he left. But I thought he'd never play. So I thought they'd be paying the 20 million for a player that we can never get on the pitch. And they're not going to be able to get him on a pitch either. But obviously, this season, I assume without Danny Ings, they'd probably be in the relegation zone, to be honest. 
Yeah. Mind you, they've, been, they've had a good season, but I just mean that player who, who gets your results by finding the net. You take that away from them. You know, different game. Yeah. yeah. Well, spot on. We'll move on to a player from even earlier than any of the players we've mentioned, I think. Sudo. Mm. He was, you know, deemed as a, a real talent at Liverpool. Um, come through the academy. He just looked like he he had the potential to, to reach a decent level. Mm. But he ended up leaving for for one million at age twenty one. Um to AC Milan. Since he's been okay, played at a decent level. AC Milan to Sevilla now. Um but yeah, I mean, have you, have you got any thoughts on him? Have, have you ever, you know, watched him play and things like that? Because I haven't caught much of him since he's left. No, that, to be honest with you, Josh, that was exactly what I was going to say to you. I, you know, I looked into him, um, and I've heard his name a lot over the over the years. But the impression I get is he's a he's a good technical player. Um, look, a quick look at the numbers. It seems to suggest he shoots a lot, um, and from this, would you, would, you, would you say he's he's almost an average version of Coutinho? Yeah, I've had, yeah. Even to the I extent would. that he looks like him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would, I would. He seems to, you know, I, I, I'm not sure if he, he plays on the opposite side, but um, yeah, he is you know, that yeah. So he um, obviously he plays on the opposite side, but there's a lot of similarities. Except he's probably just whereas Coutinho has gone up the gears and gone up a level. I think he's kind of maintained at that, you know, shooting from distance, a little bit wasteful, um, can produce moments, but maybe not consistent enough, and um, he's just. And I'm basically a, a good but not great player is the impression I get. Yeah, I get the same. To be honest, I got the impression he's more of a creator than a scorer. Mm. Um, his best season since leaving league season. This is so excluding you know domestic cups and European competitions. His best season, best return at least is seven goals and ten assists. Not bad. Yeah. Um, he's now age twenty six on loan at Sevilla. For some reason, I'm not sure why he's on loan. Don't see what the what the perk is of selling, sending a 26 euros on loan. But no. um, his ex, expected numbers are a little as well. They're generally decent uh, each season. Um, I think the modern Liverpool, Michael Edwards and things like that, would have sold them for a lot more. I think they would have got a lot more value out of them. Um, but I don't think I don't still don't think he would have made it at Liverpool even even in the current regime. But just a decent player, I thought. Yeah, that's it. He's not. I don't think he's a player Liverpool ever missed. Um, but no, yeah, I think the only, I think the only regret is that the fee we got for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, to fair. produce him at your academy, you know, and he and him being, you know, a European top top end player, I suppose. You know, one million age twenty one. That's an absolute steal. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, did he go straight to AC Milan? He did, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, it's a good deal for them. Actually. After being loaned out, I think, once or twice. Right. Mm. So we'll move on to another player who's been loaned out recently. Still on loan now, actually. Harry mm. Wilson. This is another player who's... Yeah, I think a lot of Liverpool fans have got quite an opinion on. A lot, of, a lot of Liverpool fans, I think... I get the vibe anyway. They want to see him given a chance, but... I don't know. For me, he's not... For me, he's not Liverpool standard. No, he's 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 just checking now. He's he's just turned twenty three in March. Um, yeah, I I I don't even think he's been playing week in week out for for Bournemouth. Um, I don't think there's been injury issues there. I could be wrong, but um, 
I think he can play at a Premier League level or maybe a you know championship top championship side level, but not Liverpool. I, he just doesn't seem to um, possess the kind of you know if, if you think he's competing with Salah, basically, isn't he? I, I just don't think he has much of the kind of pace or physicality for that role. I think you'd have to maybe look at him. If he was better defensively, Josh, would you think he'd be better as maybe like a, a wing-back type position for someone? Um, so it's not a bad shot. I've never heard that one before about Harry Wilson because he is left-footed. Um, maybe a back to Andy Robertson, but I don't think he's I don't think he's that way inclined. No, I don't think. I think he's almost he's too far from being a defensive player to just stick at left back. I think. Yeah. Um, but there's there's positives to his to his profile. Though, as I said, he's left-footed. He's clearly capable when shooting from range. Obviously, he's got yeah, that about yeah. his game. Still only 23, homegrown, quite versatile in the second positions. Yeah. But he's just yeah. not, he's not Liverpool standard for me. Not quick enough. You know what, you know what, you know what I think would be a good move for him? Um, although I don't think he's as good, sadly, but I think to soften the blow, if Burnley lost McNeil and maybe just brought him in as someone who kind of you know, cr- crosses the ball and for them a traditional kind of kind of winger. Yeah, I I think of teams like like Bournemouth to be honest and Southampton, yeah. Norwich, Brighton, teams like that. Um, mm. I do think he's Premier League standard, but I just don't think if you if you're completing for Champions Leagues each season, even if he's a backup player for you, I still don't think he's he's just not enough of a threat. I think I don't think you've got much to worry about if you're if you're playing against him. And yeah, I think he's, he's got, got Liverpool, you need that. Yeah, he's got seven goals and no assist. I hope I'm wrong there. I'm sure he's got seven goals and no assist this season, which I don't know. It feels like his bag is a little bit to be a creative player. Um, yeah. Which, I think he's reached, no. the, he, he's reached the point for me where, because of the publicity he's got this season in the Premier League, still age 23, and all of those positives I've just mentioned about him being homegrown and stuff, I think he's at an age where it makes sense to cash in. I yeah. think you'd be able to get about twenty million for that. Usually, anyway, I mean, maybe not in this window, but usually. Um, but anyway, looking at the time, we've really we've been talking quite a bit here. Oh yeah, okay. Just... <laughs> I think we've surpassed the hour mark. Um, so we we were going to touch on Grouch, but I think it's I think we'll leave it there just to just to just to play safe. So maybe that's that's another one for another episode. Yeah, because there's a couple uh, of isn't there, by the way, that like this like Solanke and I that would have been maybe good to touch on, yeah. but um yeah, we won't have time this week. Yeah, maybe that's another episode, we'll see. Yeah. Um any suggestions for any further episodes, just give us a shout on Twitter. And yeah, thanks for joining us, Dave. Yeah, cheers, Josh. Cheers, everyone. And we will see you next week. Cheers. You've been listening to the Analyzing Anfield Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.